This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Watch the live stream. We're glad to have you. Here we are the first Sunday of the year. And some of you men have said, what do you have on, Pastor? Well, these are my go-to-heaven pants. If you don't like it, you can go to heaven. Okay? Just, just a little thought there to help you out. Actually, my wife picks up my wardrobe a lot of times, and so I just wear what she sits out. All right. Hey, if you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high? Once you get a Bible, we'll go with me to 1 Samuel 16. We are on our second week on the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus, which is all referenced in Matthew 16, verse 18, where the Lord Jesus said, And I'll build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against my church. So again, we're going to highlight that. We'll be 1 Samuel 16, 2 Chronicles 14. We'll ultimately wake our way to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4. So I'm just giving you the ones who like to take notes. A lot of, a lot of headway right there. Um, just some thoughts here before we get going. You're going to 1 Samuel 16. I believe it's very important here that as we get going that, you know, you just open your heart up to the Word of God today. And, and I believe with all my heart that God's, God's going to deal with your heart on some areas. And the reason I'm highlighting this because at the end of the service, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond with God moving in your heart. And it'll, it'll be that significant today, I, I promise. So we begin 1 Samuel chapter 16. Verse 1, now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Now, what this is talking about here is Saul was the king, but Saul chose not to obey God. So he said, I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Now, just a couple things off of this story that I, I believe are this verse that needs to be helped here. Number one is when he talks about Jesse, Jesse was the grandson of a man named Boaz and Ruth. And he lived in Bethlehem, so Jesse the Bethlehemite. It's interesting here that the Lord said, I will provide for myself. So Saul had been the people's choice for a king, but God now says, I'm going to give the people my choice. I'm going to give them a king. And when you begin to see what God's looking for, I still believe he's looking for this to this day. So uh, the prophet Samuel goes to Bethlehem. And when he gets there, the people say to him, and they know who he is, they say, do you come peacefully? And he said, yeah, I come peacefully. So we start again here in verse number six. So it was when they came, Samuel looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. So what happens here is, is Samuel shows up and Jesse begins to, to bring his sons in. Well, the very first one is the oldest one named Eliab. And Samuel looks at him and he says, that's got to be my boy. Now, why, why did Samuel say that? I believe he looked at his physical appearance, his stature. But I want you to pay real close attention to verse number 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused or rejected him. 
For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at a heart. Now, if we back up, 1 Samuel 13, 14 says, The Lord said, I'm looking for a man after my own heart. So Samuel here, the prophet, he begins to think, man, this dude, his physical stature is incredible. He's big, he's mature physically, he's handsome. And oftentimes that's how we are as people. We look at people's credentials, we look at their titles, their talents. But God said, I look at the heart. So God is still on a search for a specific type of heart. And that type of heart he's looking for is a heart of devotion, loyalty, but also a heart of character. that says, man, I'm, I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. And so I highlight this again, that God is looking for a certain type of heart. So if we had time, we would go to the book of Acts chapter 13, 22, and it says in there that David was a man after my own heart because he would do all my will. He would do everything that I requested of him. And so God's still on that search. Now, you're going to go through the Samuels, through the Kings, and then you'll get to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. Go with me to 2 Chronicles 14. And again, as we're turning here, I'm, I'm going to get to the stuff with the church. But there's some areas today that we really, we really need to highlight in this. So as you're going to 2 Chronicles 14, if you were to study the Kings or the Chronicles, what you would find is two, two statements or two phrases. It would say this, he was a man after my own heart, or he did good in my eyes, or he had an evil heart. One of those two things. Now, the majority of the kings would be highlighted. They had an evil heart. But there are a few that had a heart after God, a good heart. So, 2 Chronicles 14, we start in verse 1. So this king Abijah rested with his fathers and they buried him in the city of David. Now, Abijah was not a good king. He, he was an idol worshiper and his heart wasn't loyal to God. It was hard toward God. So he dies. And it says, Then Asa his son reigned in his place. In his days the land was quiet for ten years. Now it's interesting the Bible highlights how the land was for ten years. It was quiet or it was peaceable. That doesn't just happen by coincidence. There's reason that their land was restful and peaceful for 10 years. Keep reading. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Now, I, I want to highlight this, this thought right here. Asa did what was right and good in the eyes of the Lord. His father didn't do what was right. But I highlight this because God, God will use you to be a generational history maker. You, you may not have any, any type of someone who served God in your bloodline at all, but you can be the first one that says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to live differently. And there's something that had to happen with Asa to say, you know what, I, I don't want to follow in my daddy's footprints. I want to be a man of God. Verse 3. For he removed the altars of the foreign gods in the high places, he broke down the sacred pillars 
and he cut down the wooden images. So what you begin to see here is the very first thing he did. He started removing the junk that was in their lives. You know what I believe he said? Time out. We, we got a mess on our hand. We need to do some house cleaning. And, and notice the very first thing he does he removes the spiritual junk in their lives. He said, we're not going to do that. Verse 4. He then commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers. So he removes these things. And then the very next thing he says, we're going to seek God. Now, God is known as the potter and we're the clay. And in this sense right here, God is saying there's some things that i got to get out of your life, but there's some things I want to put into your life. God is still into shaping and molding us. So the very first thing he said, we're going to seek God. Now how well are we doing with that? Do, do I seek God? Do I go after God? But he doesn't just stop there. Look what he says. We're going to seek the Lord God of our fathers and we're going to observe the law and the commandment. We're going to obey the word of God. We're going to seek God and we're going to obey God. Now, when I look at what's taking place with this, this king named Asa, the reason their life was 10 years very peaceful is he said, we're going to get rid of the junk and we're going to start honoring God. We're going to seek God and we're going to obey God over and over and over. Verse 5, he also removed the high places, the incense altars from all the city of Judah, and the kingdom was quiet under him. Now, when I read all this, what do I do in a season of my life when it's peaceful? What do I do in a 10-year season of my life where it's quiet? I, I think a lot of times human nature is we just start coasting. We just think life is easy. It's smooth sailing, so let's just coast. Everything's good right now. But it's interesting in verse 6, he built fortified cities in Judah for the land had rest. He had no wars in those years because the Lord had given him rest. So when I read what he did, he began to build these walls. He began to, to circle their lives with protection. So you know what I believe he's doing? He's building. He, he's preparing. He, he's living right here in the area of I'm going to grow and I'm going to develop. And it's important that we understand that in seasons of rest, it's not a time to kick back and do nothing. i got to go before God. So he's got 10 years of rest, but it doesn't last. So before long, and I begin to paraphrase here a little bit. There's an army from Ethiopia that's going to come and attack them. A million-man army. This king named Aza, his army is 300,000. So he's outnumbered three to one. The Bible's very clear that he takes his, his army and he sets them up in this valley. He goes out for battle. And I want you to pay close attention once he goes out, what he does here. 
in verse 11. And Asa cried out to the Lord as God. I highlight. What's the first thing you do when life comes after you? What's the first thing I do when the enemy comes after me? Do, do I cry out to God? Do, do I look to God? See, so many times in our life, we, we look to everything then, then God. We look to anything and everything before God. And it's like we look to God as our last resort. Well, we've tried everything else. Maybe we ought to pray today. Maybe we ought to cry out to the Lord. But it's interesting. He goes to battle, but the first thing he does is he cries out to God. And he said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power to help us. O Lord, our God, for we rest on you and in your name. We go against this multitude, O Lord. You are God, and do not let man prevail against you. Now, if you'll note here, he said, we rest on you and in your name. And the name we rest on is the name of Jesus. According to Philippians 2, it's the name that's above every name. In heaven, earth, and hell. Do you know in, in Colossians 3, 17, it says, Everything we do in word or deed, we are to do in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you something? You need to learn the name of Jesus and wear it out. Speak the name of Jesus over in Jesus. You know, as a young believer, I didn't know the things of God. But I was taught early, you better use the name, speak the name of Jesus. And sometimes the only thing you may say is Jesus, Jesus. So he calls on the name of the Lord. Verse 12. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah and the Ethiopians fled. It's amazing what happens when we call upon the name of the Lord. See, we want God to intervene, but if I never call on the Lord, how's he going to intervene? Now, in this passage, I want you to see something. This king named Asa, he's the one who went out. He said, we got to go. We got to go to the, ba the battle. But when he got to the battle, what did he do? He called on the Lord. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. You got to get out there. And then you call upon the name of the Lord. So he's on his way home from this battle, and we start in chapter 15, verse 1. Now the Spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa, and he said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, this right here, that passage is, is cross-referenced to James 4.8. James 4.8 says, call upon me, seek me, pursue me. Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Now, as I begin to study that even this morning, the passage translation says it this way. This is James 4.8. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure, and stop doubting. 
Now, as I read this here, the challenge he said to King Asa, he said, you got to hear me. You got to keep seeking me. You got to keep pursuing me. You got to keep drawing near to me. How well are we doing? How well do I do in drawing near to God? Do, do I make time for God? And, and so many times in our life, we don't stay close to God. We, we run from the things of God. So this guy named Asa, he stays committed to God. He's so committed and loyal to God at this time that he busts his own grandmother. He finds out that she's got this obscene image. And so not only does he take the image and destroy it, he removes her. He says, you're out. You know what I saw in that? He didn't allow family peer pressure to not do what God wanted him to do. And oftentimes, even in our own homes and our families, we're like, you know what? I don't want to rock the boat in the family. I don't want people to think I'm this Jesus freak. But yet this guy said, I'm not going to do that. We're not going to put up with that. So as the story goes on, I wish I could tell you this man lived for God all of his life. But something happened in this man after 25 years. Chapter 16, verse 7. And at that time, Hananiah the seer, he came to Asa, the king of Judah, and said to him, Because you've relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. Now let me tell you what's going on. There's another king that wants to attack him. But instead of going to God, you know what he does? He goes to this ungodly Syrian king, and he tells him, he said, if you'll protect me, I'll give you silver and gold. So you know what he does? He, he pays off this Syrian king with silver and gold from the treasures of the house of the Lord. And right here, this seer, this man of God named Hananiah shows up and says, Hey, buddy, because you didn't rely on God, this is what's going to happen to you. Now, as I read this, I look and I think, who do I rely on? Who are you relying on? And he said something interesting at the end of verse 7. He said, Sir, for the army of the king of Syria escaped from your hand. And he said, were the Ethiopian opens and Lubium not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? And, and what this is talking about, this, this seer, he's taking him back to when the, the million-man Ethiopian army comes after him. And he said, what'd you do then? You sought God and God took care of him. But he said, you've quit seeking God. And so what he's doing, he's reminding Asa's of the faithfulness of God. Man, God's been so faithful. Listen, I'm going to tell you, there's times in your life you need to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. Man, I've seen God's faithfulness day by day by day. So he goes on to say at the end of verse 8, Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. Now watch verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. 
I believe God's still doing that. I don't know how God does that. But day by day, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the whole earth. It's like God's eyes are a Doppler radar. And it said he's looking to those whose heart is loyal or devoted to God. He didn't say he was looking for credentials, titles, talents. He said he was looking for a specific type of heart. So you know what that tells me? If God can't locate that heart, he goes over this one and this one and this one and this one to find that heart. What a desire of God's. I, I, I look for a devoted heart. Verse 9 at the end. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore from now on you shall have wars. Why? Because he turned from God. Verse 10. Then Asa was angry with the seer, and he put him in prison. So what happens here, this man of God goes, and he tries to correct, and he tries to rebuke King Asa. And when I read this part right here, my reaction to correction and a rebuke always identifies my heart. And when you think about what this seer Hananiah was trying to do, he was trying to get King Asa to a place that he repented and said, I blew it. I blew it. Well, it's that simple with me and you. I blew it, God. I blew it again. He goes on to say in verse 10, and he put him in prison for he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa pressed some of the people of that time. And I wish could tell you this changed, but look at verse 12. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. And his pain was so severe, yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physician. Do you know what this tells me? He never repented. He never sought God again. And the reason I highlight this, it's not always how we start, it's about how we finish. Psalms 10, or not Psalms, Hebrews 10, 39 says, we are not those who draw back to perdition. We're not those who draw back to destruction. And so I read into this and I begin to think, who am I relying on right now in my life? Who, who do I pursue? What do I pursue in my life? Now, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and this is where we're going to try to tie all this together for you because you'll begin to see some things take place here. Now, remember, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church at Ephesus. He is writing to believers. He's writing to Christians. Paul is writing to the church in Lubbock. Ephesians 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Don't walk like unbelievers. Don't live like unbelievers. In the futility of their mind, 
the hopelessness of their mind, the confusion in their mind, the empty delusions in their mind. Now, I'm going to come back to this statement here, the futility of mind here in a minute. Keep reading with me in verse 18. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because. I want you to read the because factor here. Because of the ignorance that is in them. Wow. Do you know what you don't know can hurt you? The prophet Hosea said in Hosea 4.6, he said, My people perish for lack of knowledge. Ignorance. Pastor, are you saying we're ignorant? No. But if the shoe fits, wear it. I've been ignorant to the word of God. Look at the last because factor in verse 18. Because of the blindness of their heart. A hard heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work to work all. And cleanliness and greediness. Now verse 17, he used the word futility of mind. He highlighted what that meant in verse 17, 18, and 19. So when we have a futile mind or a mind of futility, the symptoms that show up is number one, people that are believers are empty. And it's a great place to to say, I'm empty. I'm I'm hollow on the inside. A a next area of, of futility of mind is I have no purpose I've lost my purpose. A a darkened understanding. A alienation from God. I quit going around the things of God. I don't believe God's involved in the things of my life anymore. Now as I read these, do they describe me? Ignorant, hard-hearted. This is what he's talking about. And and it's interesting to me. This was the writing of the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. And it's a warning. He said, listen, guys, you don't have to live that way. Now, if you'll note here where we're going with this, you'll start seeing it in verse 20, verse 22, verse 23, 4, all through there. The topic will be you. You. Me. You. You. You're going to see the word. It's going to say you. Verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. But what, what does that mean? You have not so learned Christ. That's not what you learned about Jesus. At one time in your life, you knew the things about Jesus, but because all these things are choking the things of Jesus out of you, that's not what you learned about Christ. So, so watch what he prescribes to me and you right here. If indeed you have heard him, you've heard Jesus, and you have been taught by Jesus as the truth is in Jesus. 
So you know what he's telling us? You gotta get back to the basics. You gotta get back to Jesus better stated. You gotta get back to those red letter words. I am who he, say, who, who he says I am. I'm who he says I am. I can be what the Bible says I can be. I can do what the Bible says I can do. And I can have what the Bible says I can have. You know what the Bible says you are, who you are in Christ Jesus? You're more than a conqueror. That's Romans 8. Do you know in Revelation 12 it says you're an overcomer. And so when I begin to look at these things, the apostle Paul saying, you got to get back to your identity in Christ Jesus. Is anybody in here lost their identity in Christ Jesus? Now, pay close attention. Verse 22. That you, who? You. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt to the deceitful lust, that you put off. Now think back to King Asa. There were some things that he had to put off. He had to get all those idols out of their life. He had to get them away from all those things. But as I begin to look at this, I begin to think, okay, that, that I put off. Do, do I need to put off doubt? Do I need to put off unbelief? Do I need to put off fear? Because it's trying to choke the things of God. So the very first thing he says, put off. And then look what he says, verse 25, or 3. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know what that means? You got to start thinking in line with the word of God. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the word of God. I got to get my mind back renewed to the word of God. And then in verse 24, and this is so, so good, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You put on the new man. I, I got to put on the new man. Some of you got to put on faith. Some of you got you to you, you put on righteousness. You, you got to put on. And, and when I think about these words put on, every one of us in the natural, we put things on every day. put on your socks and you put on your shoes put on your pants put on your glasses you put on deodorant at least I hope so some of you ladies put on makeup a little paint never hurt any old barn I didn't say that just kidding Help me, Lord. We put on. We put on. We put on. And I, I begin to meditate on the put on. I begin to think the put on. And, and some of you in here have newborn babies. Some of you have toddlers. And you know what you do? You, you put their clothes on them day by day. 
You, you put them on year by year by year by year. But the ultimate goal is that you teach them how they put them on themselves. They grow up. It's a bad deal when you're 25 and your mom's still putting your shoes on for you. That's not good. But spiritually, that can be how it looks. And so I begin to read and I begin to think and I said, Lord, it, it's, it's time that I, I, I put on fresh faith. The Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Put on beauty for ashes. Put on strength for fear. Put on gladness for mourning. Put on peace for despair. And when I read this over and over again, I, I begin to look and I think, have we quit putting on faith? Have, have, have we wore fear? Have we wore the things that have just dragged us down? And so this last week, and the Lord began to speak to me. He said, it's time to get out of the boat. You've sat in the boat and you've spectated and you've sat in the boat. It's time to get out and walk by faith again. It's time to, to, to get out of the boat and be a wet water walker. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. That's powerful right there. And I began to look at all this and I said, Lord, I'm putting on the kingdom. I'm, I'm going to rely on you. I'm, I'm going to trust you. And I think about this. This is our spiritual close. That God said, man, I, I want you to rise back up. And when you see all these things that you put on, God will grace you in that area. When you make the step and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to put off this. I'm going to put off that. But I'm going to put this on. Grace me today, Lord. Rain down I'm going to have you stand up. And, and I warned you before we started. God's going to move today. That God's going to move in an area that he wants you to respond to him today. You know, Mark 16, 20 says... God will confirm his word with signs following. It does us no good for me to give you a wholesome diet. And I gave you a wholesome diet today. You know how I know that? Because he confirms his word. You got the word today. But it does us no good to give a wholesome meal, to feed the people of God and not give the people of God an opportunity to respond. And so just with your head bowed, I ask you just to bow your head. Let, let this be a God moment with just you and God. Are, are you here today and you've lost purpose? You say, and my faith is dormant. Are you here today and you say, man, fear has gripped us. I, I feel like I, I'm empty. I'm alienated from God. And, and this is a, a, a service today where God said, I, I want you to come back home. I, I want to move of heaven with you. I want to touch your heart again today. 
And I believe there's some in here that you got to put off doubt and unbelief. you got to put off fear. And once you put those off, God said, now it's time to put these things back on. And so if you're here today, our team is getting ready to sing and pray. And listen, I, I, I want you for the kingdom of God, for your respond to him today. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm coming to you today. I, I welcome you to do CPR. I welcome you to do open heart surgery. I'm, I welcome you to give me a fresh touch. So I open up these altars that you come and respond to God, okay? Go ahead, guys, let's sing. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.